Hello everybody and welcome once again to Saints Radio. I've lost track of the weeks of this pandemic um, that has been attacking our country. So I would clearly say we're in week six. <laughs> I may be about that, I don't know, but I'm just really thankful that this line of communication is open and remains open between all of us. And um, I trust and firmly believe that you are all doing well and are blessed. Now, it's kind of a, there are so many factors happening in this unusual time frame. It, it it has afforded us some restrictions, but it has afforded us a lot of good opportunities that we would not necessarily have enjoyed. You know, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for self-reflection and for going before the Lord and being still and... and um, submitting ourselves to him now we can always do that but this is kind of bringing it to a uh, in your face kind of a opportunity and um, I trust that you are taking full advantage of that to to seek the Lord and to establish his dwelling dwelling place is altar within your home I know some of you are still able to have your congregation in your sanctuary we 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 bless you for that um, we have been limited here to whoever is ministering on Sunday and we've tried to keep that pretty concise. Um, but, you know, again, um, your your prayer is important wherever you are. And, um, and I was in the sanctuary this morning earlier. I actually am still in the sanctuary, as you know where our booth is. But... Um, I was reading in 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul is speaking a lot about speaking in tongues and what that what that does and how it functions and um you know he he says that he he when we pray in an unknown tongue our spirit prays, and um, you know we focused, <clears throat> excuse me, on that um, over the past year in a lot of teaching. But you, you have this privilege to serve God in regard to what He put you on this earth to do. And 
we know that our, our lives are in God's hands and that we have an appointment with him for whenever it is that he's going to call us home permanently. Um, we don't worry about that. Um, but, but my main concern is that I want to accomplish what God put me here to accomplish. I don't want to lack in my service to him in any way. And um, I'm not afraid of this COVID virus. I know that many people are being hit hard by it, and there's been a considerable loss of life. You know, on Sunday, we were made aware of the fact that the the father of my college roommate died. He was in his 90s. And uh, I hadn't seen him in decades. But during the time that I was with him, he was always such a lighthearted and encouraging man. I, I enjoyed being around him. And, you know, you think, well, yeah, he's 94 or thereabouts. Um, it's sad that this happened. But, you know, at 94... You never know how much longer you have left anyway on this earth. Um, but then when you think about it, none of us know when God is going to call us home. We have a lot of work to do yet. And the point is, is that the years fly by and um, you, you, have to, you have to work for him for the father and you need to you need to accomplish what he's put you on this earth to do and to continue to be functioning in that it's probably better to say we need to function according to why he's placed you on this earth because arguably we're we're never going to you know we're never going to fully complete the work especially with what we as saints are called to do. There's always going to be something that our Father is, is restoring or wanting to perfect or wanting to transform from darkness into light. And so we, our, our job description is, um, is pretty, pretty safe. You know, we're not going to be phased out. I'm sorry, Father's done everything he's going to do. You know, you're, you're done now. We have to reassign you. So I wouldn't say that um, we will ever finish. It's, it's from glory to glory. And I, I recognize some of the things that we've been led to study and, and teach about regarding heaven in, in most recent days. And the great, the great cloud of witnesses. Um, you know, Paul the apostle is still very much interested in what and committed to what God is, what God put on his heart to do. That work continues. In so many ways, it's continuing through us. And so, 
when you when you are in heaven you don't stop serving the father and see that's that's one of the blessings to recognizing what God has called the saints to do because we're really working on his behalf according to eternal agenda and um you know, I, I know that a lot of people in the general church, they, they do things that are a blessing to God, things that are needed. Um, many who are in a service industry or in, in uh, a care type of ministry, that's, that's a great thing. That's, that's needed. Um, but I'm going to tell you, you you're, you're going to be reassigned in heaven because there's not going to be a whole lot of need for that specific facet of what you've done here. And I'm sure the Father will, you know, he, he will utilize the purity of your heart and he will, you know, he will, he will use a, use you in a transformed way because there's not going to be any sick people or homeless people or lonely people or any other kind of needful people up there. But for those who are moving in the mysteries of God and laying claim to a partnership with him, um, that work is going to continue forever. And and what we do here, we're, we're in whatever way the Father wants to use us, we're just going to step into uh, a fuller demonstration of that. But, you know, that's why I'm one of the reasons I'm very grateful to God for allowing us the great privilege of being able to behold the beauties of what the Scripture tells us goes on in heaven, to, to actually see them in their function. Now, if it was simply the foundation of knowing it for the Scripture, well, that, that settles it. I mean, there's... There's nothing better than that because the word will never pass away. But to be able to, to by the invitation and the application of the Father, f for us to be able to, to see these things as they are now and know that the way God moves, the way his word describes it, is never going to pass away. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. I mean, we, we're, we're blessed. And so when you recognize that when we pray in the Spirit, our spirit is praying, that deposit of God that is born again, that imprint of the, the Spirit of God himself, that from the foundation of the world, that index of what he wants to use you to do and how he wants to use you. Your spirit is praying. That spirit is praying in tongues. And it's speaking directly to the Heavenly Father. Speak directly to God. And we're, we're speaking musterion. The progressive revelation of ministry. And, uh, of mystery. And, and through that we build up our most holy faith. We are fulfilling and applying the oikodome of what God has orchestrated from the right hand of his throne. 
Those are wonderful things. And so I, I encourage you to double your efforts in praying in the Spirit. Oh, it's, it's desperately needed now. It, this season, we need to be sowing the mystery and the will of our Father as intercessors into this time. I, I remember uh, uh, loosely a quote from um, um, a very wealthy man, Warren Buffett, and he said, I've learned to not invest when everybody's investing and to invest when everybody is not investing and fearful. And um, I, I think that, you know, in this time where so much of the world is petrified and, you know, that strife that has prevailed in our country for the last four or five years at least has welcomed evil work. And, um, you know, the, the timing of God is so unique because it's like God has definitely turned a page in his eternal timing. And we're seeing the spirit realm, the demonic realm, scramble to take advantage of that and position themselves, which happens if you look at the scripture every time God wants to do something and every time God declares he's going to do it there is a position of a blocking unclean spirit specifically identified there and you know before a sevenfold blessing the enemy comes in one way um you know you see that over the beginning of Jesus ministry the temptation of the wilderness that God orchestrated those things are all indicative that um, the enemy likes to try to press in and gain an advantage because he he understands as uh, one that was created to move in the halal he understands principles of God and so he he mobilizes and you can feel that and I, I also think that and I know this to be true, and i got to be careful with what I say here. But, you know, we, we recognize over the years that our enemy does not have a li limitless supply. He's not God, regardless of how he thinks he is. And so he manages, and he's strategic, and uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, some of the things that I studied a lot of history. I studied war. So I'm not taking the Confederate side here. I live down here in the South, but when I first moved down here, people wouldn't shake. A lot of people wouldn't shake my hand because I was a Yankee. Boy, have times changed here in Dallas in the last 40 years. But, you know, Robert E. Lee recognized that he had limited supply. And so he would pick his battles, with the exception of Pickett's Charge, and he would he he would um, strategize how to best employ his forces. Same with Stonewall Jackson, regularly outnumbered. He would choose how he wanted to apply himself because he recognized that a war of attrition would never be won by the South. 
because there were more and more Irishmen coming off those boats that were immediately indoctrinated into the United States Army, and they were on the front line soon. Freed slaves were filling certain um, certain aspects of the Union Army, and the South didn't have in an input chain like that. They didn't have um, factories anymore. They didn't have resources anymore because they were blockaded uh, from the shipments coming from France or from England or from other parts of the uh, European theater. So and I'm not comparing the enemy with Dixie, but if there's if there is a force that doesn't have a supply, they have to be careful how they how they employ what they do have. So <clears throat> we know that when we were studying recently about the Kairos, that the enemy recognizing that the time, the Kairos, is oligos, that God is bringing certain ones to a high point of the few, but the remnant to a high point of service, he mobilizes, the enemy mobilizes then. And because he recognizes that, hey, the game's on the line now. And I, you know, I felt influences in this past couple of weeks that, to say it mildly, were daunting. And I, you know, I don't focus a lot on talking about the enemy or warfare, even though we're not foreign to battle. There have been a lot of battles. And so, you know, the, the one you want in charge of battles is somebody that will fight when they need to fight and will practically do it, not somebody that just enjoys battle. Because if you get somebody that enjoys battle, you never know whether you're really fighting when you need to fight. And so God wants us to choose his battles and to choose what I mean by that. He wants us to choose when he wants battle to occur. And, um, you know, the disciples were wanting Jesus to call down fire from heaven and you know, David's men were wanting to lop off the head of uh, the dog that was cursing him. And, you know, there were always those, uh, the sons of Abishai, were always wanting to go ahead and fight. But you've got to let God choose the battle. And um, so I don't talk a lot about warfare, even though our stand and our commune with God is a warfare in itself. But I'm telling you that there are some forces that I believe the enemy has brought into the theater of operation that have been in reserve, whether they've been posted in far extremes of creation, uh, way out in places or in other dimensions. I don't know that. I don't know where they're coming from, but these are different. And I wondered about the the wormwood influences because there's such a bitterness i feel like strife over these past number of years has set the stage for every evil work but nothing welcomes bitterness better than strife and bitter envyings that the scripture talks about don't don't let that happen and um you know i i felt this thing at times and then I felt it big time during the, the Saints Network Zoom that we had leading up to it. It was like a kind of a theatron to, for God to kind of show like he did with Job. 
Look at these ones. These are my servants around the world. These are my servants. And, you know, we just mustered and showed ourselves at, at the behest of the Father. There wasn't any other agenda for that night other than to see one another and to stand in agreement. And that that craziness was really lingering for the next day until it finally broke, and I was so glad. And um, but then it 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 came back again this past Saturday, and it was horrible, and um, it didn't really break until Sunday afternoon. And what do you do during that kind of thing? Well, you can bind and you can rebuke and you can search the internet to see if some other prophet is hearing this and then you can apply what they say. We wouldn't do that in any other form of life, but we sure do it when the spirit realm is active and I don't really understand that for saints. I can understand it for people that are just kind of camp followers, but for those who are called to be oligos in this Kairos moment, you better, you better be close to God, and you better be hearing directly from him. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the ecclesia. And so, you know, I I took authority over the thing. I, I declared our calling. I declared who we were. I declared the blood of Jesus over all of us. And, you know, I did everything that and other things. But I recognized that, my standing was what really needed to be because the steme and the anthesteme is what we read about in Scripture. You're taking a stand in your gap that God has appointed you to by the power of the cross. There is going to be a withstanding. And you're going to call, be called to stand in the gap. I saw for one to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. That's tabernacle of David mentality. You know, you when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. And um, and I, I felt that the greatest measure that I could that I could exert was to stand and to watch my mouth and to watch what I say. I have to admit, um, I'm pretty much have learned over the years as pastor to watch my public declarations. Um, but, you know, all of us are human, and sometimes when you feel a slap, when you open your mouth to say, ouch, other things come out. And I, I try not to do that when other people are hearing, but... You know, I have to be really careful because I recognize that wormwood and bitterness is a false prophetic measure. And so I don't want to be damning myself or releasing words into the realm. And, you know, I'm not cussing a blue streak. Don't anybody misinterpret what I'm saying here. There are ways that you can speak that are are deny, not denying that are really conflicting with what God wants. And you can say things that are um, kind of purified doubt. And, um, you know, even Peter, when he was rebuking the Lord about what Jesus said he was going to do and going to Jerusalem, 
the Lord rebuked Satan. He wasn't saying that Peter was demonized, so let's not get that going. Peter didn't need deliverance. But we can make ourselves open to be a voice piece of the enemy if we're not careful. Lord knows I've seen that here a number of times. And that's another thing over these past weeks. God brings people to my heart that did, I'll just say it, terrible things here in my congregation to try to destroy the work and to destroy me and to destroy others. And and there are people that did things that, you know, I just kind of blessed them and brushed it off. But the Lord's been bringing them to mind. And I've had to go and verbally say, Father, I I don't think I have anything against them, but I, I, I forgive them for what they did because they I don't think they really knew what they were doing, and it's not me to judge that. I had a dream two nights ago where... I was here in the sanctuary, and a lot of things were going on. I was seeing a lot of my congregation that I haven't seen in weeks, and I was speaking blessing over them. I, I recognized in the dream I was saying very good things to them, and I believed that it was something God was using for me to bless my my people here, his people, but people he's given me charge over. But then... I went to the to the foyer where, you know, it looks out over the playground, and um, I saw a man and his wife, who were part of this church for a long time. In fact, they used to work for for the church, and they had aged, but I still recognized them. And they were dressed. He was wearing a suit. She was wearing a a nice dress, just like people would wear when they came to church, and. Um, I stood out in the in the back foyer, talked to him for a while, and he he was saying, you know, I I really regret a lot of the things I did. You know, I I didn't mean them. Um, and he was saying a lot of these things, and I was just saying to him, it's okay, you know, I, I bless you, and I called him by name, and they were just standing there talking, and. I mean, and I woke up, and I had to go before the Lord, and I said, Father, why did I see them? Are they sick? Are they on the verge of going over into eternity? Are they dying? And I, I spoke blessing over them, and and I I asked God to, to cleanse them and forgive them. And I still don't know what's going on with that, but um, I leave it to the Lord. He showed me them for a reason. But, you know, it's like the Spirit is, you know, and this is these are the months of fast of feasting. It's like the Spirit is saying to us what David said, Search me, O God, and know my ways. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Um, sometimes um, we don't really even realize what residue is there? It, it may not be that we're in unforgiveness, but a residue, a, a singeing, a, a tainting of the actions of others could permeate us, and we may not even know it. And I'm not saying, you know, 
go wacky and start listing all the people who've ever done you wrong. I'm not saying that. I used to hate those service words where the preacher would say, um, you know, if you have odd against any, you know, go to that one. Because, you know, it always set the stage for somebody to come up to you and tell you how you did some terrible thing to you, to them, and you didn't even know you did it, and you really, in retrospect, thought, look, I'm not responsible for that. And um, then you, you, you're more damaged, and I don't think that's what God's saying. I think that passage means that, look, if you know you did something, you know, and God brings it to your mind, you go to that one, and you, you, you ask forgiveness of them. It's not like you're doing a backwards kick in the hiney and saying, oh, yeah, you know, you did this to me. You better, I forgive you for that. That doesn't do anything other than create a, a needless conversation and a painful exchange. I remember one time I was a youth pastor here. Debbie and I came almost 40 years ago. It's going to be, in two weeks, it's going to be 40 years 40 years, man, where's the time gone? But uh, when, when, when I remember my first youth meeting, I, I came and uh, I met with the youth group. There were two kids in my youth group, two. One was the music minister's son, and the other was a big hulking guy that, you know, I became kind of like a, an uncle to both of those kids. And over the years, God blessed us, not because this church was doing anything blowing and going. That heyday had gone in the six years before it could have been that. But that heyday was gone. Now, anyway, God blessed our ministry. And like in the three years, uh, the youth group was like 120 kids, which isn't big now. But back then it was. And, you know, it was great. So, And I was blessed because we had a lot of really good youth sponsors it was just really a quality group and there was a family there I'm going to make this story short because this I, I let us down this trail and I realize it can't stop um, there was a family that was kind of dysfunctional and the, the, the mother was a little bit loopy and her two kids were in my youth group and they had been just a mess before they got involved with the other kids and God started changing them. And God started really doing a work in them. And, you know, they they still had a lot of problems because, you know, they lived in a house that was very dysfunctional. And But, but God had done a lot of work. And so um, one night, the, form, the, the, the pastor that I was serving under spoke about this goofiness. Um, about, you know, uh, no, I don't want to say goofiness. What I just said, that the scripture is misinterpreted. And he spoke about that. And he sent people off around the sanctuary to make things right. And I was cringing because I thought, oh, Lord, here comes. Well, this, these, the mother of these two kids comes up to me and says, I just want you to know that I forgive you for the way you have mistreated my children. And she's just got this kind of a weird Mona Lisa grin on her face. It's right up in the front of the church. And she's saying this stuff to me. And you know what I'm thinking? 
I'm thinking, look, if there's one person in this conversation that has messed your kids up, it sure is not me. It's you, woman. But I just stood there and, and I th I was trying to be as Christ-like as I could because a couple of my kids were around me, a couple of my youth group. Um, and um, I normally either sat up in the balcony or in the back where most of my kids were so I could keep an eye on them. And if anything funny happened, you know, we could laugh, but I could tamp them down. Well, when this woman got finished with her tirade, I said, well, Esther... I said, I, I bless you, and your, your children are really good kids. And I just pray that God will continue to work in them. And if, if there are ways that I have not done all that God wants me to do, that he'll help me to be able to hear from him and do it. And I just answered her that way. But, you know, when she turned and walked away, two of my two kids, one, one young lady and a a young man said, Pastor Ron, why did you let her say that? She's nuts, the, the boy said. And, you know, the girl said, I'd like to go over there and tell her what for. She doesn't know what she's talking about. We've seen these kids get changed. And if they knew their mother said that, they would be so mad. And I said, well, you're not going to tell them. Don't you? You shouldn't have heard that. I shouldn't have heard it. Don't you tell these kids. This this conversation ends here. But, you know, I I hadn't thought about her until this program, so I just bless her too. I don't I don't want there to be anything that would create a porous environment in my shield. Because this stuff that the enemy is trying to bring into our country and bring into the world now is is i believe a wormwood influence and it it is going to welcome and empower fault the false prophet and um it detests what we're doing and it's kind of mocking you know it it it's it's a mocking kind of a thing but it's its influence is so pervasive and it's almost like the the thoughts that it it triggers the suggestions that it triggers is so kind of like pushing somebody into a pool or you know you're you're kind of caught you're you're think you're not only thinking but you're you're emoting things that you don't want I'm not saying this to try to spook anybody. What I'm saying is this. Keep praying. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You know, I heard from, um, you know, I, I, I reach out every now and then. We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to stay in touch with people, but I'm not, I'm not the, the welcome wagon. I'm not, I don't have a list to call all of you. But I have talked to a number of you over the past couple of weeks. You know, I had a really wonderful conversation with Olivia Zafus a couple of weeks ago in Switzerland. God bless you, Olivia. I think you're you're listening, and um, we pray for you. But you know, I I got a word from one of our pastors speaking about how 
there was just kind of a weepiness, uh, kind of like a sorrow. And I think that's part of this influence. It's a loneliness. And it then it, it, it takes advantage of a lot of emotional strata that should be used for the good, but it kind of presses in to try to see if there's a way to get in. It's You know, and here's another thing. You know, the enemy has not really... There have been there have been attacks, there have been issues, but that so much of what the enemies tried to do over the years has not been a frontal assignment against us, as far as an enemy really locking in, because we're surrounded by a great host. We're we're surrounded by grace. Nothing touches us without the Lord allowing it. And we've got a great host of angels around us. Uh, we, we've been giving, given gifts and strengths in the spirit realm. And the enemy doesn't, he doesn't want to engage in battle now. Because, again, it will, it will destroy his ranks. He watches. He tries to twist. He tries to deceive. He tries to, he tries to turn somebody. And he's done that. Um, he's tried, tried to take giftings that God released freshly over the past few years and find a way to turn them so that he can retrofit them and use them. That's what he does. So I'm not used to these kind of spirits that are fresh off the farm who think that they can just boisterously come in. They're always trying to press and go beyond what they're supposed to do, which is a characteristic of how the enemy moves in time frames. But as a general rule, he doesn't fight that way right now. Now, there'll come a time, and it's soon, when he's just going to unleash because he recognizes, you know, I'm losing ground. I've got to, I've got to throw it all into the works like Japan did when, in, uh, in 1944 uh, when they started their, um, their all-out kamikaze type of attacks against uh, Allied forces in the Pacific. You know, we, we want to... We want to give everything we are because the homeland's in danger. So I'm not used to this kind of bravado, and which is why I believe that it's something fresh and new that's been brought in. Now, I'm not saying this for you to be afraid. I'm saying these things, and I want you to hear me. Time has shifted now. God is doing a thing that is different his, he's turned the page on the scroll. I don't know what all has happened, but it's a, it's, a, it's a different day now, and it's by the edict of God. I know that the enemy is responding, and he's trying to position himself, and he's trying to test what's being given to us. And, and I know as well that we as saints need to be faithful in prayer like we never have been before, to a degree that we never have offered prayer before. We need to step it up, and we need to establish that place in our homes and in the places where God has, has called us to stand. And, you know, I gave the message on Sunday about halal and how the enemy was halal, Lucifer, and how we need to be offering specified prophetic praise concerning what God has said he's going to do what we know he has put before us, even though we may not know what the next steps are. 
We need to, we need to for the joy set before us, we need to launch those halal types of praise and prophetic declarations. We need to do that. We need to stand. We don't need to lay down. We need to guard ourselves. If we feel the enemy coming against us, the first line of defense is for you to stand and not to forget the principal things. Don't abandon your post. And for heaven's sake, don't join in the chorus of strife and doubt and cursings. Don't let your mouth be used for that. You stand. Stand faithfully. Pray in the midst of it. And, um, you know, I, I think back on the teachings that we did about Gethsemane. Go back and listen to those. They're available to you. Um, and recognize all those influences that Jesus was facing. And I'm not saying we're in a Gethsemane moment, but what I'm saying is pretty much the arsenal of the enemy was on display there. And in one of them, Jesus was astonished. He was he was not afraid, but he was astonished. And so stay strong. Do what you're supposed to do. And know that God loves you. Um I'm I'm praying for the various outposts of the saints. And, you know, our congregation here is praying f- uh, over these past, next several weeks for each other, but also for those that are in, in points of authority and assigned representation uh, throughout this nation and throughout the nations where the saints are partnering with us. And... Uh, I'm I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for what God's doing. It's been a blessed time. It's been an odd time. I'm just going to confess, you know, I don't Monica, we we speak blessing over her. She is getting better, but whatever this attack has been against her physically is trying to linger and hold on. So I just encourage you to Let's just agree right now, Father, bless Monica, let her rebound, don't let any of the other members of her family that are sequestered there in the the Terrell Mance to, don't let them get ill, and uh, we speak that she will make a a rapid and complete uh, victorious recovery now. We speak that over her in Jesus' name. But, you know, I'm just up here, um, I'm by myself, so I'm just kind of going in the in the spirit here um but you know we're we're praying for for you and we we want you to stand we need you to stand and we need to stand um i i i'm grateful uh this coming sunday night um yowali and i did some brazilian recordings and we've asked uh cello and Vanessa to um, to submit some type of a of a uh, of a brief worship time for posting on Facebook. I don't know when that's happening. I'm sorry. You know Brazil. You know that Latin influence. They're wonderful people, but you know I can't I can't say specifically when that's going to be done. But they asked for if I'd be willing to preach for them Sunday night. So. This coming Sunday, I think it's going to be about 4 o'clock Dallas time. We'll try to make the link up with uh, Cabo Fria. And um, 
I'll be preaching to that wonderful part of the Saints Network. I'm so happy about that. I'm so thankful. And um, we, we love those folks. We love, what do you mean those folks? We love that nation. And, and I'm, I'm believing for everything God has said. And it'll just be good to be able to speak into those people that are our family. You're our family. We're all family together as saints. And we need to pray for one another. And we need to um, we need to stand strong, but recognize what's going on, and we need to be blessing our our leadership in our nation. And um, we need to ask for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon those leaders, and some of them will be like Pharaoh, and they'll harden their hearts. Others are are able to to receive. Um, you know, I was you know i was listening that testimony that was given about how that the president trump's mother had a bible that was given by the some of the chief intercessors from the scots scottish revival and um that that bible is something that is is indicative of that great move of the spirit at the turn of the last century and um I'm believing that God's still speaking through the intercession that was offered for our president, whether whether you like him or not. You can't deny that that's an influence. Last night when I was uh, on the treadmill, I was watching an ESPN special about the called The Last Stand, and it was it's about the Chicago Bulls and particularly Michael Jordan. And I, I was stunned because there was Phil Jackson, who was the coach of the team at that point, and they were talking about his history and how that his mother and grandmother were obviously they they were the pastors of Bethel Tabernacle and they they spoke the word of god they talked about the rapture and their message was to get people ready should the lord come and and um you know he was saying how he loved his parents and he was saying this i'm not i'm not putting words in his mouth he loved his he loved his family, but he was more aligned with the Indian tribes, the Hopi Indians, and the others that would come there and and be affected by that ministry. And so, here's this kid that should have been embracing the message of of God uh, through his lineage, and instead he's teaching the bulls about metaphysics and Indian tribal things and. And, you know, I was kind of stunned by that. I remember one time going to a Mavericks game with the Carters, and uh, Jackson was coaching the the, the Lakers at that point. And uh, this was years ago, and I was still just a couple of years after our Brownsville transformation, and I could see these wicked things that were surrounding that team, and particularly him, and I, I was a couple of them would just look at me because we were just not many rows back, and I thought, what is up with this guy? And I just shielded the Carters and myself, and I told Sandra about this, but um, and I bless that guy. Maybe I'm talking about him now. I bless Phil Jackson. I bless him that that what his family tried to instill his his heritage that he would in these hours turn back to that. 
in whatever way he needs to. And I'm not judging him, but I'm, I'm speaking blessing. I think there's a lot of that going on right now with this sequestering. God is drawing near to people. We need to believe that he's raising up those that have been called for this ministry who, who will say, okay, this has awakened me. I'm, I'm going to be done with these foolish things, and, and I'm, I'm going to get back to basics. So I believe that God can touch President Trump through the prayers that were offered through that, that revival in the Hebrides. And um, there are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people that God is, uh, generationally has called them. But for us, you know, when these people start to come, we need to be ready. We need to be praying now. We can be partnering with God in intercession as we pray in the Spirit for who knows how God is using those prayers for those that need to accept him right now. So don't get into a woe is me, you know, poor, pitiful me. When's this going to lift? You know, I miss being around my friends. I know those feelings. You know, I, I, I'm used to preaching before a, a sparse physical crowd on Sundays. But over you know, these past few weeks, I miss seeing my congregation. And I can feel their absence, but I know that they're praying. So don't give place to to those kinds of wicked things. Pray. God is with you. And I'll say this. I felt the overwhelming presence of the Father on so many occasions. And, you know, and I, I want to confess this. This morning, I woke up at 2, and I woke up at 3.30, and I was praying in bed. I didn't get up and go to the front room. And then the storm hit, and it was lightning and thunder, and I enjoy that so much. And I, I felt maybe I should get up now and go sit in the front room and pray in the midst of this storm. And then Ronnie said, why don't you just lay here and pray? Because I, you know, like I said, I'd been up two or three times. And and then I prayed. I, I did pray. I didn't drift back off. But then I this morning I thought, I should have gone in there. That would have been a neat thing to be there in front of the bay window with lightning happening outside and a storm just blowing in. That's That's, man, that's my terrain. Some people like the beach. That's what I like. Oh, man, it just drives... It drives my spirit. So I asked the Lord to forgive me for not utilizing that. It wasn't him telling me to go, but it was just me. So I'm telling you all these things to say that we're all in the same Kairos boat. We're not in the, we're not in the flying buttress. We're in the Kairos boat. And um, so... Be faithful. Take advantage of what God has given you, the opportunities. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Be faithful to do that. And, you know, God is giving you lots of different outreaches. You know, I've been blessed by these um, these Facebook words. 
and the the different songs that have been offered. That's neat. The voices broadcast that Pastor Haley brought um, most recently, that's available for you. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the other things that are so prevalent that are blessings from the Lord. But you got to be faithful. I've got to be faithful. And the, the lifeblood of the saints is praying in the Spirit. So do it. Do it. The enemy wants to keep you from it. He's wanting to wear you out. He's wanting to destroy the power of the saints, the hand, partnership. He's wanting to um, change the times to manipulate the times and the seasons, which is what he's trying to do right now. Um, but we're being equipped and strengthened for how we can serve God now and how we can emerge from this sequestering and really hit the ground in a greater strength than we've ever known. And we're being prepared for what's coming in future. So don't miss this opportunity. Uh, things aren't all bad. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of good, a whole lot of good. And um, so I've just really rambled here, haven't I? This coming Saturday is first Saturday. You'll be getting a word soon um, encouraging you as a, a, as a directive in prayer. And so let's be faithful to pray. Um, I look forward to you being able to submit those words and to hear what God's saying even more so in this hour. And we're going into May. That's the fifth month. That's another fast of feasting. I just think it's interesting that God allowed us to enjoy this fast of feasting at a time when I think the enemy's released some bottled up bitterness influences. Um, it's just interesting what God's doing and I don't understand it all, but I'm doing what we've done over the years. You stand, you listen, you pray, you receive words, and then you put it all together so that you can teach others. The most important one you can be teaching right now is yourself. So buck it up. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Don't go overboard by doing stuff you shouldn't do. You know, if God brings people to your mind that you need to release, maybe something happened in your past or whatever, he's not necessarily saying you call them and give them an earful. Don't give them one of those backhanded earfuls. You know, I just want you to know I forgive you for the terrible lout that you are. That's a word, lout. That's an old one. Um... Don't do that. Nobody's going to be blessed by that. Um, anyway, so first Saturday coming, um, tomorrow, Wednesday night live, which should be available from early afternoon on. Um, I think, I think, if I remember correctly, that. Monica McNatt is going to be bringing a, a brief word tomorrow morning. And on Friday, I think, 
We're, we're having some technical difficulties, but I think all the way from Arizona, George Durham is going to be bringing a word. That's going to be a great, great blessing, both of them, Eminem and George. And, you know, the objective of this, and I again, I thank Kelly for organizing this, and I thank Monica for being faithful to post these on the wet, onto the Facebook site. I'm not specifically telling her. I'm not telling her, okay, get a hold of this person. I've made a couple of suggestions, but the large part of it she's doing. So I bless her for this, and I thank her for doing it. It's been such a great blessing, you know. There have been more stir over that, more comments over that, more being blessed over that. I thought, man, we should just surrender the pulpit to this. I mean, this this is winning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway, there's a lot of good things happening, and you just stay strong, but keep praying in the Spirit. Don't enter into a malaise of inactivity. Keep praying in the Spirit and pressing into God, and let Him strengthen you. But you stand. You you take a stand, and you establish that dwelling place. God is with you there. He is with you there. And um, so, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any other thing that I forgot that I was going to say. I've kind of been all over the map here. Um, Just know that I am praying for you. And we are praying for you. And we we love you. And um, we're so grateful to have a saint's family like this. Um. I, I I need you to know that we, we rely on one another to stay strong. It's a righteous armor on the right and on the left. And um, I, I know that God is with you. He's with all of us. So I'm going to end it. Thanks for tuning in. I really hope that this stream got it to you. <laughs> I never know up here. Uh, well, I do know, usually after the fact, or if somebody texts, we can't hear you. So um, be blessed, and um, we will keep moving forward. Goodbye. <laughs>